Hey, welcome back to ReCenter. Um, again, my name is Zach. We are here unpacking family membership at Center Church. Why are we doing this? Why are we having family membership? Why are we making you guys go through a pathway to realize if you want to commit to family membership? Because it's important that we as a church family are moving in the same direction. We're committing to each other to love one another and to really have a family identity as we go after Jesus. So family commitment uh, number seven. Number six. Are you sure? I feel like we've done so many of these. We're on episode seven, but it's number six commitment. That's where my brain has gone wrong. And Mark, what is family membership commitment number six? As you guys notice, these episodes are getting less and less like, uh, what's the word? Straightforward and more bantery. Uh-huh. Is bantery a word? Uh, not, no, technically not, but I get the idea. It is now. Uh, commitment number six is to do math and read words. Okay, you're going to make me start over, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, we'll keep it. All right, number six, church leadership, right? So here's the idea. Um, man, first off, in, in our day and age, authority gets a lot of bad raps um, because, I mean, justifiably so, there's been so many examples of authority being abused, of people who have uh, misused their authority to wrong others. And so understandably, a lot of people, we tend to get a little uncomfortable uh, around that. And uh, we've either experienced a, a negative pattern or whatever it is. But ultimately, Scripture holds up a better pattern, a better example. I mean, just look at King Jesus, right? I mean, uh, Jesus literally had all the authority, not just in the world, but of the universe. Jesus had absolute authority, and he used his position, he used his authority to step down from the realities of heaven into our experiences in order to pursue us and create... um, yeah, create life and invite us into what is good. Uh, look on the night um, before Jesus was uh, betrayed and handed over to the authorities. Jesus, and, and that passage has always fascinated me, mm. when it says that Jesus, knowing that the Father had given everything into his hands, meaning he was the ultimate authority of the universe. He would reign and rule over everything. Yeah. Knowing that the Father had given everything into his hands, Jesus uh, washed the feet, got down and served his disciples. Yeah. And so that's the picture of what authority should do. Protect, uh, shepherd, care for, create opportunities for life. Um, and then that's what Jesus now calls the leadership of the church to do. Mm. That ultimately, um, pastors and elders, they are called to sacrificially serve the sheep who are in the flock of Jesus, so to speak. Um, and again and again and again, um, in, in the New Testament, that's what you see pastors and elders exhorted to, to not be domineering, but to be humble and gentle and serving others. And so that, that is kind of like the starting point for church leadership. That's the tone that we want to emulate and embody here, um, that we want to be humble and loving like Jesus. At the same time, though, that doesn't mean being a pushover. That doesn't mean being passive or indecisive. Uh, We we want to follow where we feel God's Spirit leading us to, and that's going to take moments of being decisive and everything else. But ultimately, the heartbeat of the leadership of this church is that first off, we're submitted to King Jesus, and then we want to follow where the Spirit's leading us, and then we ask the people of this church to follow uh, the the Spirit with us together. Yeah, the with us together is, I think, because the reason people get a bad rap about authority, as you said, is they've had bad examples of authority or bad bosses or maybe abusive parents or who knows what authority figure in their life had broken their trust of authority and leadership. Um, And Jesus, you're right, like... I love the passage where he says, like, you know, the leaders of this world lorded over their mm-hmm. people, but not so with you. The greatest mm-hmm. of you is going to be the least and servant of all. Like, yep. 
And that's what we want to be as church leaders, that you guys actually see us as yeah. the the leaders of this church because we are trying to serve you all. Right. And we're trying to humbly lead in a way that is for your benefit mm-hmm. and, and for your good. And you trust that because I think that's the key in here is that you can commit to this church leadership if you trust the leaders are ultimately following Jesus and becoming like Jesus and yeah. giving Jesus the glory, then then they're trustworthy, right? And so in order to to sign this one myself, um, it would take some getting to know the church leadership. Like mm. this is one where I think you're not gonna have people come into our church fresh and be able to say, yeah, I submit to the leadership of this church. I think they need to spend a little bit of time getting to know who we are, right? And, yeah. and we want that. We want yeah, for them yeah, totally. to, to see the church leaders and the elders and are they like Jesus? Are they living like Jesus? Do they serve or do they lord it over their people? And so um, I'm excited. I mean, I don't usually get excited about church leadership and authority, but like I love <laughs> being on this leadership team because there's not one person that I can think of where there's a question in my heart of like, are they here for the right reason? And so this doesn't count for everyone, but guys, um, the elders, Mark, Sawyer, Jordan, uh, I can't speak for myself, but they are all trustworthy. And so- <laughs> Well, I could say Zach, you're trustworthy. The goal here is that you guys would know that a center church goes in directions and has a vision and has a mission. We lay it out clearly. It's because we've prayed over it. It's because we've sought the Holy Spirit. It's because we're submitting to where God is going and we're receptive to his spirit and submissive to his word. Yeah. Um, and so- uh, why don't you go ahead and read the church leadership statement, and then we'll continue yeah. the conversation. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, commitment number six, the idea of church leadership. It says this: I will honor and align with the leadership and the overall strategy of Center Church. I recognize that there are lots of good ideas and great churches out there, but no single church can do everything. I will help Center Church pursue the unique vision that the elders discern God's leading us to. So that first sentence there is, I will honor and align with the leadership and the overall strategy of Center Church. That's a recognition uh, that as a church, we've got to have a a plan to do what we feel God's leading us to. We can't do everything, right? There there has to be a strategy, which means necessarily we're doing this and not 10 other things that we could do technically, right? And so there's a limited number of resources. There's a limited number of leaders. There's a limited amount of time. We can't do everything. And so to the best of our ability, as we read God's word, as we look at our cultural context, as we pray and seek the Spirit's leadership, we we feel called to do certain things. And so that first sentence there is we're, we're asking our people, we're asking our family members to honor and align with the leadership and the strategy. So first off though, what that does not mean, what that does not... When I, I trust you guys know our heartbeat. We're not the uh, iron fist, pounding the table, domineering type. When you said a line, here's what I heard. Get in line. Is that what you meant? <laughs> that is not what we meant, no. <laughs> yeah. So th- this does not mean don't ask questions. Right. This does not mean don't disagree. This does not mean uh, express concerns. Don't right? bring ideas. We, we want we your ideas. We want to hear yeah. those things. We. I mean, honestly, this might sound weird. I'm not just saying this. Some of my favorite... Um, meetings with people are when people come to me with concerns and questions Mm. and they say, Hey, I'm concerned about this or I disagree with this. And I say, tell me more. Why? I I want to hear why. Okay. Pause. So as someone who is sitting under your leadership, I would like to know why that excites you to hear people's concerns. Hmm. Why does it excite me? Good question. Uh, First off, I think, because it shows me that they care. Yeah. I I want people to care. If people are just passive and floating along and just doing whatever without critically thinking, right? That that kind of shows that they don't care too much. Yeah, it's signs of life. Yes, I love when people come with concerns. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's a 
there's a healthy way to do that, and there's an unhealthy way to come with concerns. You can be, you know, negative and pessimistic and gossipy. Yeah, but- we're not asking for like someone to, you know, come with a bill of lists of complaints. <laughs> yeah, um, yes, these are like proactive concerns. Like, yeah. I'm not sure if this aligns with Jesus. Like, yep. can you show me how? Yep. So when it says I will honor and align with the leadership and strategy of Center Church, that does not mean I will agree with everything. Right. We'd love to hear from you guys how you think differently. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what we need to clarify there is a second idea. A second sentence says, I recognize that there are lots of good ideas and great churches out there, but no single church can do everything. Right. And so that is us acknowledging the fact that once again, we have limited resources, limited leaders, limited time. There's so many great things that I have a heart for even that we just can't feasibly do. We can't do every program, every ministry, every opportunity. Um, And so there might be times when people come with a great idea and we might say, great, we love it. That's biblical. Go do it. Yeah, we, we encourage you. We support you. We might not be able to officially do it as a church. Right. That does not mean that we don't value it. That right. does not mean we disagree with it. It just means we can't pull it off. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good clarification. And you kind of explained why we can't do everything. And so <clears throat> that sounded like what you're saying at the end. In our church leadership, it's going to be a leadership that is humbly listening to what we're saying as a family to the leaders. Um but it's also going to be a church of empowerment. So be careful if you come talk to us about things you feel that are an area of need, because I love when people feel an area of need is highlighted to them from the Spirit, because to me, that's the Spirit saying, hey, I've got something for you, person, yeah. to do. Yeah. And as this church uh, grows, we love to like empower people to step into those things and maybe connect you with some like-minded people within the church. Now, the church itself will not rewrite its vision and mission statement to align with that, but... Yeah. Uh, there are ways that we can support what you feel God is making you passionate about, and we love doing that. So. Yeah. You know what? And I didn't even have this thought at the beginning of this discussion, but just hearing you talk, it came to mind. So let's just deconstruct a bit more of how we've been so conditioned by American culture. Um, we tend to think organizationally, right? Like that organization or that government or that nonprofit or that church, they should do something about blank, right? And oftentimes that's true. That's good, right? Like organizations can do unique things that individuals cannot, right? So absolutely. But we have been in many ways trained to kind of be passive and like say, well, that nonprofit should do something. That organization should do something. And many, many, many Christians think that the church, the organization, the church should go do something. Or nonprofits. Or nonprofits. And like, yeah, there's some stuff that we should be doing. Right. But we shouldn't be doing everything, right? That, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't get us out of individual responsibility no. to live out the gospel. No. Yeah, and, and once again, like back to what I was saying in a previous episode, as I've been learning so much from the early church in the first couple centuries, uh, one of the things that most caught the attention of the Roman Empire was they saw how the early Christians. Um, so, I mean, a very sad practice in, in the Roman world was that. Um, for people that did not want to have a, a baby, uh, sadly, wh- girls were not valued as much. And so if a woman gave birth to a daughter and the father did not want another daughter, they would literally take that child, one hour old, take the baby out into the forest or to the edge of the city mm-hmm. and just abandon it, leave it outside the walls of the city and knowing that an animal would kill it or whatever else. And uh, a tradition that began in the early church is that Christians would, when they would hear a baby crying, abandon outside the city, they would get up go take the baby and bring the baby home. Yeah. They wouldn't wait till the organization, the church did something. Yeah. Individual Christians just went and adopted yeah. abandoned babies. Yeah. And so that's a picture of like the church being the people, yeah. not the organization, the people doing something. Yeah. And so, so much of, I just think tension within churches comes from individual Christians thinking, 
you know, the church should do something about that. When in reality, yeah. probably a lot of great ideas should just be done by people. And they don't realize that they're right. The church, yes. the body of Christ should do something about yes. that. Maybe not the church, organization, nonprofit registered with the government, but the body of Christ should Amen. be doing something about that. And so, so our church leadership model is that you would commit to honoring and aligning with the leadership and overall strategy, but that is not a top-down thing. That is... Yep. That is, we want you in the game with us, and Amen. we want you uh, attentive to what the Holy Spirit's leading on your heart, and we want you to find people from this church to step into those those painful situations with, yeah. and to bring the good news of the gospel in a practical way, recognizing that Jesus would do it that way. Jesus mm. would would step into this issue. Yeah. Jesus wants me to step in with him and join his work. And so, wow, this was about church leadership, but it just became about... <laughs> <laughs> this This did not go where I expected it, it to go. It went more of like a humility and an empowerment thing. Like, yeah. hey guys, we want you to... to feel empowered under our leadership. And I think that's yeah. good leadership, right? When someone feels empowered Amen. in their leadership, they're, like you said in the beginning, we're protecting, but we're creating opportunities for new life, right? Mm, and yep. growth. And that's what empowerment is. Yep. Yeah. And so here's, I, I guess, uh, just kind of put a cherry on it. Um, some, some parting thoughts for me. I guess what I'll ask of our people is that, I mean, honestly, I, I want to ask you to pray for us, pray for the staff, pray yeah. for the elders, Pray that God would lead us and that we would be discerning, that we would be sensitive to the scriptures, we'd be sensitive to the Spirit's leading, and that we would know what God wants us to do and that we would follow it faithfully and boldly. So um, we don't trust in ourselves. That, that might sound weird to say, but like, really, you should know, we really don't trust in ourselves to do this. We, we need the Spirit of God to lead us. So pray for us. Um, but then also, I guess what I'll ask is that inevitably, when you get hundreds of people together, there will be different opinions about what should be done, right? There will, I mean, just the five people in my family, um, <laughs> there's different opinions of where we should eat to do this or that. On the car trip down to vacation recently, there were some different opinions just among five of us, much less hundreds of us. Right. And so we're not naive. We know full well, at some point, there's going to be tension in our church family. There's going to be some disagreements. I don't know about what. It might be a year from now, four years from now, but you listening to this episode, you'll probably hear someone say something at some point, oh, I wish that they weren't, or I can't believe that they did, or what do you think about blank? And I guess what I'll ask of our family members is not only do we want to ask you to avoid gossip, I would ask you to steer people towards us. Yeah. If you hear someone, whether they're a family member or not, whether they're a newer person in the church, they're in your community, whatever it might be, if you hear someone not trusting or concerned or questioned or upset, say, hey, the elders would love to hear from you. Yeah. Mark would love to hear from yeah. you. Go meet with them. We, once again, would love to meet with people Absolutely. with their questions and concerns. Yep. Yeah, I think that's great. We're open, we're here, and we want to talk about where God's leading this family together. So we love you guys. Commit to church leadership um, and commit to the overall vision of Center Church and pray for us as we lead in humility and independence on the Holy Spirit and His Word. All right, love you guys. See you guys for the next episode.